Hello and welcome to The Church in Action. This week we're finishing our two-part series on reading and studying scripture with Rev. Dr. Barbara Headley, Senior Pastor at Zion Community Baptist Church and Vision New England President Charles Galda. You can listen to part one of this series on your favorite podcast streaming platform or on our website at visionnewengland.org. We hope you enjoy. So for me very much, I need to be quieted. I can be so filled with my own personal experiences of the presence of God so that when I have to come before the congregation, I don't I don't have to tap too far, but from my own well, mm. and then help them to come into the presence of God. Because mm. um, I'm very clear that when I lead worship, and I learned this from my pastor, Nathaniel Lloyd, it is not about me as presider of worship. I am with you in seeking the presence of God. We are here to worship God. This is not a program. This is not entertainment. We are here. And if we put together our spirits that have been fed, hopefully, through our own personal journeys throughout the week, God is definitely going to show up and be in our midst. And and so what when you're reading, how are you deciding what to read? Right. And, and or do you just read through it once and now you're journaling or how, what does it look like? Well, I, I would start, I started out in my early years as a Christian, um, trying to like read through the gospels <clears throat> and such. Um, and then as I became a Christian educator, you know, you just get a, such a huge amount of resources that are available. And God knows today with, the internet um, and with everything, there's so many more things uh, available. And so I do have a Bible that I had for many, many years um, that takes me through the takes me through the Bible. And I love that because no matter how many times I've done it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, it just gets me every single time and I love it. So I, I do that. I try to do that uh, every couple of years to do that. And then when I find myself doing is I will I will use um, books that definitely tie scripture to what they're writing about and use that during a season like right now um, as we as I go through Lent <clears throat> I am I am going back to a book I wrote I read many years ago um, the three battlegrounds I forget the, the author's name right now but I, I do have it um, and I've read that so many times and I use that and the scriptures that they uses in the text. Um, And then not just as a reference, but then I will go back and read those scriptures and really get that. So I use Mm. books, devotional books, books on on spiritual topics to kind of guide me through. And there's so many good ones. Um, And sometimes I really want to make sure, and this is the part that really disturbs, I'm really upset about when it comes to, Bible study as we do it in the world today. It's not really studying the Bible. When I grew up, it studied the Bible book by book, verse by verse. I remember when I was at Calvary um, Bible School in New York, um, it was learning Romans and going through that. And and I <laughs> I think I shocked my congregation because when I came and I was leading Bible study, I had handouts and pop quizzes on what we talked about last week. And they were like, huh? You know, and so I'm just used to that. To, I mean, taking a, a scripture verse and breaking it down and connecting yeah. it. Oh my God, I love that. Um, that's studying the Bible. 
Yeah. Well, today, studying the Bible is in many churches, the pastor doing a mini sermon mm. or, you know, using someone's um, most popular spiritual book that's out or something like that. And and really, people do not know their Bible. Yeah. They do not know their Bible. I know that having had to learn how to read through the Bible or take a book and go verse by verse. Oh my God, that taught me so much. I mean, in, in one of the oldest Bibles I have, I can see, still see in my mind's eye, the pages, the underlining, hmm. the highlighting that I did. Um, and I, it helped me to know the Bible, yeah. Um, yeah. not just to spurt out verses, but to know the essence, this powerful word that it wasn't just words on a page. It was life giving that came off the page yeah. and became life. So yes, I do. I, I read the Bible. Um, and sometimes I, I'll, I make sure that I don't do all this other stuff that's so cool and so nice on my app. You know, I got my Bible app and I got all these apps and it's so good, but nothing will beat having the word in your hand. And even today, um, even when I preach and um, uh, I know everybody that we, we don't even bring the hard cover hard copy of a Bible anymore. And I think that's, I tried not to do that, even though I have, um, I use electronic on my, when I'm doing it or have it already written out. But there's sometimes people need to see you holding that Bible in, the, in your hand while you're preaching and let them know yeah. it's not what's on your, on your iPhone, yeah. on your yeah. cell phone. Because if your battery goes dead, you don't got no word. <laughs> but yeah. it's this word, it's this word in your hand. Um, and in our church, you know, we've gotten into the practice of standing for the word of God, yeah. to give attention to the word of God when it's read. Um, so with all the nice um, things that are available to us for our spiritual disciplines and reading the Bible, at some point, you got to hold that Bible in your hand and read it Yeah, and read it. You know, and you, you talked about... Um you know, the, the Bible is sharpened to any, any two-edged sword, right? So it can transform us. But a lot of us, you talked about the biblical lit illiteracy, which is a big problem oh. in the church. We know that. And, but also we, we tend, a lot of us are good at knowing our Bible informationally, but not transformationally. How do we, how do we know whether we know it transformationally and how do we get out of it if we're more informational at this point? Good point. Good point. Um, informationally yeah um you know it's i i feel so bad when people when we experience that because so many people in the church are are missing one of the most powerful things in fact not one of the most powerful thing the written word of god is the way in which god has exposed god's self to us and enables us to live victoriously um, and because we don't put an emphasis on that, or we think the little snippet we get on Sunday mornings is enough, or, you know, the generalities in which we, we teach Sunday school and stuff like that, we're, we're missing it. And so people, and then, you, and then on the other hand, you have people who, um, as you said, it's informational. It's just um, a reference point without depth or transformational meaning. Um, it, it's, it's people who, um, who, who know enough about it so that one, they can back up what they want to believe 
and two, just enough so it doesn't really have to change them. So the Bible just becomes um, literary, you know, spiritual literary um, kind of thing. Sort of like what we taught in seminary, you know, all the different um, genres that are in the Bible. It's a a sacred um, historical text and everything. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But it's more than that. Hmm. Um, And then how people use it. um, And then people who do know it. But are, but are not known by it, um, we tend to use it to, to only enough to get our point across or to get what we want um, or, to, or to refute other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember I heard somewhere, and I've used it in my Bible study, um, that um, because the Bible can seem confusing to some people, but that's because we don't, fully understand what Jesus told us about it. Mm-hmm. He said the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to bring back to your remembrance and he's going to remind you everything that I've taught you. And it's by the Holy Spirit that we understand the word of God. So mm-hmm. everybody who's even attempting to read the Bible needs to first of all say, I don't know how to do this, Father. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of Christ mm-hmm. that resides in me, help me to understand what I am reading. Mm-hmm. And it will change your whole experience, yeah. your whole experience, so that we, we, when I have people who like to pull up things about the Bible to prove certain things that are no longer should be practiced and stuff like that, and, and who look at the Old Testament and use that to discredit some of the things that we as believers, based on the New Testament revelation, mm. feel are still be practiced. They say, well, we don't still do this. You don't still do that. And um, what I say to people is that, um, and I heard this someplace, and I have—I don't know who to give credit to, that the Bible, the, there are things in the Bible that are descriptive, but are not necessarily prescriptive. Yep. Meaning yep. they describe the relationship of God and humanity. So yes, the things that are done in the Old Testament, the, 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 the laws and the observances of the, of the Hebrews, of the Israelites, do not necessarily, God was showing us just how much we can't do this. It doesn't mean we have to do it. So when people say, well, you still don't do this and should we tie, should we do that? I'm like, that was to show you, it's not prescriptive. We have more prescriptive things. This is how you ought to live in the New Testament based on all the stuff we couldn't do in the Old Testament. So when people use all of those kinds of things to, um argue why well the bible i can't understand the bible and stuff like that that's because you don't want to yeah because dare you try to really you will yeah the i I was talking to somebody not too long ago where we talk about in deuteronomy 28 god is saying you know if if you keep my laws blessed in the city blessed in the country blessed with blessed with blessed and if you don't curse 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 and they were talking about that blessing for us and I said, well, wait a minute, that's, that's a, it's a great test for whether Israel's being faithful um, mm-hmm. and, and they will be blessed. And so all those times in the Old Testament where the prophets that's are right. calling them back and saying, you're hungry, you're starving, it's because they're not following the law of God. Um, but the test in the New Testament is, are you being persecuted? If you're being faithful, you're being persecuted. That's a very different, I'd much rather claim Israel's promise than that <laughs> promise. <laughs> but but we Absolutely. get it all messed up because we don't really spend the time no. to figure it out. We don't. 
We don't. No. And we like to use those verses that, you know, make it sound as if we are the ones who are, like you're saying, getting those blessings. So it's so disturbing to people when they use those verses. I, I you know, I had some, I have friends who they always say, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm like, oh, you really? That's what that's what Mary said. So you're so you're ready to put all that she put on the line, on the line. You know, we just we just we take those little snippets from the Bible, and so that's that's again. So we move from one part: people who don't know the Bible, people who use the Bible um, just for knowledge or something, and then people who just cherry pick and yeah. say things because they don't understand the continuity and the flow of the story that yeah. the Bible reveals to us. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's a great point. The uh, so any other other than when we're reading scripture, when we're studying scripture, when we're meditating on it, because I think that's the part of it, it has to get into us, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Is mm -hmm. the how is it other than being in the presence of God? Is it doing something else that's changing us in that, or is it just because just like Moses in Exodus thirty four, he's in God's presence and he's transformed? Mm -hmm. Is that what's mm -hmm. happening, or is there more to it? I would say that that's what's happening because to be, to, to seek or to find something else means we're doing it. Mm. And I think what spiritual um, disciplines provide us with is a pathway to true transformation by the renewing of our minds. Mm. And so because we don't, uh, we, because we unfortunately do not understand the fullness of what is available to us through salvation. And it's not simply, and God knows the greatest gift is the forgiveness of our sins mm -hmm. and the release from our appointment in hell. Yeah. But that in this life, we're living this life, um, exercising and being transformed into the image of Christ, who's what? The first fruits of them, okay? And yeah. so Jesus coming, I always say to people, you know, if Jesus' sole job was simply to come and save us from sin, he would, I could see that he would have transcended from heaven already in a body and went to Calvary. Mm -hmm. Or even if he did come through Mary, he could have come and thus come and not spend three years with a group of men who really didn't get it until the end. Um, but if he could went uh, accelerated the process and go straight to Calvary, right. but he didn't. He spent three years among people and with people. His first act after uh, his declaration by his father at his baptism is what? To be driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Why? Because he's going to show us, not only is he going to save us, but he's going to show us, I can show you how to live and begin living the way you you can you're supposed to as a child of God, which will be perfected in the last day. Yeah. But I can begin to show you what that is, um, so that we can understand. We can begin to live the kingdom experience here in, in us yeah. now. And so, people who are just satisfied with, um, are, I'm not saying they're satisfied. I don't think they know. They're, so much more to experience. Yeah. And so that 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 personal time, that experience and transformation will come with several other experiences. But one that you definitely can engage in is your personal time with God, your personal disciplines, um, 
because that's when you open up a channel for God to be, and you give God permission to begin to, to transform you, to transform you within those moments. And and so I I think you know you're so Paul says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think most of us because we don't have the knowledge of the role the disciplines play in this, and then some of us maybe have the knowledge, we just still don't engage in it. We don't think that's actually possible. And I don't think we recognize mm -hmm. that when we make the, you know, the, the, the disciples, right, the original disciples reordered their lives yes. based on what Jesus taught them, right? He came and he told them to live a different way. And I don't think most of us are told we need to reorder our lives. And most of us then don't mm -hmm. figure it out on our own. Right. And the and so you I think I share this quote was before Dallas Willard uh, said we but we believe in Jesus but we don't believe Jesus and we don't believe what Jesus believed right and he believed right. in a complete reordering of our life and so he talks about right so consider others better than yourself do we really do we believe that and and James would say and Paul and Jesus I think would say the same thing if you're not doing it you don't believe it that's right. That's right. Right. And I'm guilty. That's right. That's right. All of us are to some extent. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. But it, it's one thing to say we believe it, but we don't do it. But then that's our weaknesses. We know that. But the real problem comes when we say, I believe it. I don't do it. And I don't want to do it. Now that's where the problem comes and, in. And I'm okay because I have my arrangement. I said the right words and I'm set for eternity. Yeah. Right? Well, Go ahead. I interrupted you, but I just wanted to- No, 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 no. Let's keep working with this together. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always have to bring to people's remembrance, you know, Jesus says, if you love me, You'll do what I ask you to do. Yep. You'll do what I ask you to do. Um, you'll follow my commandments. Um, uh, you know, I, I have, I had a sermon. I did a devotional for a friend for a Lenten manual, um, and it, and I had, I had to. He gave me the scripture. Um, you know, um, do you love me? When he's talking to to Peter, when he reinstates him. And we, we have wonderful sermons on that, wonderful sermons on that. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And and we and you can go through the three times that um say three times he said it because Peter denied him three times. You can find all those nice little cute little things to say about it. But Jesus trying to get him deeper, 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 deeper. Peter, yeah, yeah, you're good at saying some things up front. Yeah, Peter, you're good at doing the superficial thing, but do you love me? If you love me. If you love me, you're going to do what I say. And then he says to him, look, you know what? If you love me, your life is going to be turned upside down. You are going to go where you don't want to go. You're going to suffer the things that you don't want to suffer. If you love me, yeah. if you love me, you're, you're going to experience some things so that, you know, Peter, I, maybe later on, he fully understood that that meant if we really love Jesus, our lives will not stay the same. Yeah. They can't. But we don't have to fear that our lives are going to be changed to something that we don't want. And so we fully understand that the best life possible that we could ever have is the life that God ordained for us and has in store for us.
And if we can really trust God enough for that, then we will do what Jesus asked us to do, but we can't do it of our own. So again, it gets back to devotional time and stuff. Those are the moments we're yielding, we're releasing, we're waiting on God. We're letting God do the work. You know, what, what do therapists tell their people all the time who are going through um, counseling or psychoanalysts or what have you? Um, when they come out of the office, they tell them, you got to do the work. Mm-hmm. That means rethinking, reprioritizing your emotions based on what they, the skills they're giving you to do that. And so we got to do the work. And we got to do the work in those private times with God and give the Holy Spirit the right to do the work. I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I think for a lot of us, it's if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And yet I can't, even when I try, sometimes I don't try, but even when I try, I don't. And does that mean I don't love you? I don't think it does, although it's pretty clear what he said, but my problem is I can't do it. And I don't realize Either I don't realize the disciplines are going to make me the person who can do it, as opposed to me trying. Right now, it's all my trying, and my trying doesn't work. The disciplines, will God uses them to make it so I'll become the kind of person who actually, who it's natural to keep the commandments that Jesus gives us to love God and love love your neighbor. And, I, or I even if I know it, I'm not doing it, so I'm not being transformed. And I'm left with, I would argue, the gospel of the Pharisees, of try harder then. But see, that's the problem. Mm. We can't do this. This is why we have the paraclete, Mm. this Holy Spirit. Mm. And and of course, this is going to dovetail into uh, something else. Because we do not understand, many people do not understand the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, For many, the Spirit, Holy Spirit is the somebody we talk about in liturgy. Mm. For others, it's what makes you do it. It makes you feel good. It makes you shout. And, you know. and then others, it's just, I don't know about that spirit. And I don't want no spirit over me. And so we need to understand that. Um, you have to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. And to understand that if we hold to the fact that upon receiving Jesus Christ in earnest in our hearts and our minds, that the word tells us he will come and be with you, mm-hmm. inside of you. Yep. Now, whether, I heard it said this way, the Holy Spirit is a gentle person, which means the spirit will not overtake you. Mm-hmm. The spirit will only transform you as much as you allow the spirit to. Mm-hmm. So what happens in our personal time, it's a yielding to the spirit of God mm-hmm. and letting God transform us, yeah. letting God transform us. A couple, many years ago, I was in a Bible study. I told my, my, my members of my church, I said, look, I know that I don't have patience. I know that I'm really bad on that. And we were talking about the fruit of the spirit. Oh, we had such a good time. <laughs> we were talking about the fruit of the spirit. And so patience, I'm like, okay. And I said, I have prayed to God about this. And I said, I give you permission, spirit of living God. You have permission to do whatever you need to do in me when to develop this gift of patience. 
And I told them shortly after that, how did that happen? It didn't happen by suddenly, I was so filled with this, this reverence of patience. God put me in situations where people got on my last nerve more than ever before. And when I began to respond in a way that's so part of me, I could hear the spirit of God saying, no, be still, come, come this way in this situation. And it got to the point where I'd be in meetings and hearing something that I'd be getting patient about. And I'd start to say something. And in the middle of what I started to say, if it was, if it was coming from a position of impatience or intolerance or what have you, the Holy Spirit would just to the point I had to say to people, I'm really not schizophrenic. I know what I started to say and what I'm saying now, but can I tell you that the Holy Spirit, I gave the Spirit permission to grab me by the cuff of my, my neck and pull me back in the direction I should go whenever and who, with whomever. So that's why, you know, I can't do that on my own. I can't do that on my own. You have to give the God Spirit. And so the Spirit of God permission to do that. He's not going to force himself on us. Um, and so, you know. Barbara, those are great words to end on. Thank you so much for being with <laughs> us. And thanks for sharing your experience and your wisdom, your perspective. I'm real. You blessed me uh, and you blessed our listeners. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Charles. I so enjoyed being on this with you. And I so appreciate Vision New England so much and the work that you guys are doing. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. And I'd like to thank Jess Mangano, our producer, and listeners like you. This program is created by Vision New England to help us be the people of God, doing the work of God, making disciples, doing justice, and fostering unity so we can share Jesus. You can find more resources at visionnewengland.org. This program is brought to you by the Luis Palau Association, who are dedicated to proclaiming the good news, uniting the church, and impacting cities worldwide. God bless you, and thanks for listening.